You are listening to the Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. This is Jason Albert, and today we catch up on the weekend's cross-country World Cup sprint and distance races in Davos, Switzerland. And we discuss an emerging young Swedish women's team where the winner of the women's sprint had this to say about her surprise win. So one of the things I want to talk about is they call it altitude, but what does that really mean to athletes? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly. That 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 we need to talk about because like the like the Norwegian men, they played it fast and loose. The distance guys, they showed up Saturday evening. They slept uh, down in the valley, like even lower than Klosters. And look, it just like like why do you get cute? You go from having like seven or eight guys in the top ten in Lillehammer to coming to Davos and having three in the top thirty, like. I like I don't understand why they <clears throat> I don't know understand why they change like the the Olympics are at altitude in 3 years you know or in 2 years and you need to be prepared for altitude and Davos is not altitude it's 1500 meters you know yeah so we're talking roughly over 5000 feet so why do they do that why don't go the week before like you've done in the past and you've had success with it like, why now do you decide, like, oh, we're going to fly in the night before and stay low in the valley, drive 45 minutes to the race, and then get the shit kicked out of yourselves? Like, what's the point of that? Like, do you, do you know what I mean? It's kind of funny. Like, you, you had, like, if you, if you say at the top, in the top 15 in uh, Lillehammer, you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You had 11 Norwegians in the top 20 in Lillehammer. And now you have two in the top 10. And we got to really tip our hats to those two guys. Like Kruger's race was like, that was the best race of his career. Ah, no. The best race of his career was the Olympic Games when he fell, was like 30 seconds behind last place. Oh, yeah. At the beginning. Was that? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. In the, in the skiathlon. Yeah, of course. That is going to go down. That, that probably goes down as like one of the best races ever competed. <laughs> right. That dude was way off yeah. the back. At the oh, thing. yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. Like he was 30 seconds off last place and he won the skiathlon. So that... That's the best race of his life, but but uh, today was like a real beatdown. Well, what, well, from like a team management perspective, when you think of the Norwegians as being totally fastidious about everything, yeah, why why do that? Quite frankly, like I, I mean, they are good. Like they're the best team in the world, no question. Like that, they are. They are the best team in the world, the men's team. But to me, it's like why get cute. With something like this, I don't, I don't quite understand what the point is. Like, why don't you get your ass on a plane like a pro Sunday evening or Monday, spend a week in Davos. You're not going to be fully adjusted. You won't be. You absolutely will not be. But it's 15K. It works to fly in like a night or two nights before for a sprint, especially in Davos when it's two minutes and 20 seconds long. It's the shortest sprint on the World Cup. That's fine. You can, you can play it like that for a sprint. But in a distance race, like, give me a break. Like, seriously, you think this is the best way to have success? And then they can counter, of course, counter away. I mean, Seaman Kruger won by almost 20 seconds. So he, he crushed. And Everson, I mean, maybe that gets a bit buried. But to be ninth in a skating course that you have to work, it's like eight minutes of work with no real rest before you turn and come down. But when the way down, it's very gradual. And you can't just sit in a tuck. It's the weirdest course. You know, like Davos, to be perfectly honest, probably shouldn't be 
on the World Cup in the current course that it is. Because it's like, this is 1975. Like, that's what that course is. It's narrow. The filming is shitty. Like, it's it's just, like, boring to watch on TV. <laughs> and It's true. I mean, it's like you get a couple of shots at the splits, and that's about it. Oh, of the same thing. Of the same thing. And it's just, like, people skiing through the woods slowly. I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's not exciting at all to watch on TV. But but the fact of the matter is, it's the same course every year. Norway has had some fantastic 15K skates in Davos before and 30K skates because it has been 30K as well. And then this year, they're like, you know what? Let's just go the night before. Like, like And that's what you get. Three Norwegians in the top 30. Three, like, that's what you get. Enjoy it. Well, do you, do you think that suggests like sloppiness getting no. cute or like they just have a completely different set of priorities this year, whatever they may be? I mean, they have an idea and this, the science does say that you can do that. We've done that. I mean, Canada's tried stuff like that too. But uh, I think for a course like Davos that is so old school, like it's so goddamn old school, like you're just cruising up this river gradual uphill for eight minutes <laughs> or maybe i'm being a bit cute seven minutes whatever and then then you start pointing them downhill and you have to kind of work all the way down along the river again dip down into the stadium and then you talk for like 30 seconds to get into the stadium i just i think they're trying stuff they want to know if this can work or not but i just don't really see the point like norway right now so, like sorry i'm canadian so it's beautiful with snow if you like a lot of snow it's just getting pounded with snow so it's great like, like Lillehammer is just buried in snow, so that's wonderful. But it's dark, it's windy, it's snowy. Like, Tavos is sunny, and you're, like, Christmas vibes, and you're in the mountains. Like, who chooses to stay home in shitty Norway when you can go to Tavos and prepare? Even I, watch I won't it. watch it. I won't watch it. December in Norway, December in Norway is like, yeah, there's some nice light once in a while, but you're living in a ping pong ball for a month. Sure. So... I mean, I don't really understand that part of it either because, but at the same time, it's cool to try it and they'll learn their lesson. They learned their lesson today. And I mean, I don't know, they, I don't think they can, it's hard to know. I, I haven't heard anything about the skis or anything, but the conditions were very stable. And Norway won, like they did win the race. Like Kruger didn't just win, he demolished everybody. If you can speak to that a little bit, like a 19 second gap. Amazing. Yeah. So what does that mean? In a men's field that oftentimes has some very tight uh, differentials from place to place oh. when it comes to time. Yeah, I mean, Kruger, I mean, I tip my hat to Kruger. <laughs> I, honestly, other than his Olympic 30K, I don't think you'd find anybody in skiing that would argue that that was the second best race of that guy's entire life. And to do it like that, when you have guys like Ustigov that had just a beautiful race and, and Dario is back at a good level... Um, he, the only reason why he's been skipping races is he's got that same injury, the calf injury that he's been, a calf ankle problem that he's been having for a number of years now. Right. So it's classic, still not feeling good for him. But uh, no, no, I mean, it was the second best race of his whole career to date. And he's an amazing skater and he kept the tempo up. He really was skiing well with high hips, great rhythm and absolutely <laughs> crushed the field. Which is, yeah, I mean, you know, some days you have that. I mean, Petter has had races there in Davos. Petter's won a race in Davos skating by, like, just an insane amount. Sunby as well, who dropped out today, which that's a bit scary. But uh, Yeah, yeah, right. Let's... Like, Sunby is nursing a back injury right now. Um, 
and quite frankly, I'm not totally sure. <laughs> I, I I mean, but but Martin's one of the best gears that ever lived. Uh, but I'm really, like, I question that whole thing. I mean, like, I was talking to him after Lillehammer, and he was super stiff in his back. He was like Robocop, you know, like really stiff, or like the Tin Man, not Robocop, but the Tin Man after after being fifth in the pursuit, which I thought was a a really great step in the right direction. But you could tell he was struggling with his back, and then okay, how about I just stay in, again, like, how about I just stay in Norway till Saturday evening and then fly in to drop out? I mean, you've won that race by a mile going, like, on the Monday or the Sunday evening even and having a week to give yourself a chance. Like, you're not going to be adjusted, but you can give yourself a chance. And, uh, yeah, it didn't work out for him this time. And, I mean, but but there's an injury there, so it's 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 really hard to say what happened there, but... Couldn't have came at a better time, right? It couldn't have came at a better time because we talk all the time about how boring everything is. And, oh, God, no, he just demos everybody every weekend. And the men's races is like a bore. Like, why are we even watching it? And, look, you got Germany in the top ten. You have Great Britain in the top ten. couple Russians. You have the French back in the top ten, Manifica. I mean, I was pretty critical of Manifica the first two weeks. And, of course, I should have known that this week in Davos, he's always good. And he delivered again, 35 seconds off the lead. That, I mean, that was a great race by Manifica. And it should give him a lot of confidence. And then Evo. Evo Niskanen? Evo Niskanen in skate? Fourth? Yeah, right. right. So, that what dude, a race by Evo. So, yeah. But it was, it was exciting, right? Like, well, like, yep. it wasn't because watching Davos on TV puts anyone to sleep. <laughs> this is but, true. But the results, the results were exciting. That's right. And so at the same time, so that's good. I'm glad Norway tried to, uh, I'm, I'm glad Norway tried to be a little cute and got burned because it made it a little more fun for, on the results sheet, on the results sheet. And to give them, like, to be fair to the Norwegian, uh, like the coaches or the people that, that made that decision, the athletes too, it has worked. I mean, like Helmeset, Odmir and Helmeset has been, like back in the days has used that a lot with altitude, like just coming in the night before staying low and winning. And, and Kruger did do just that, like Kruger won <laughs> by a lot. So it works for some people, but like, again, like I think there's more to, I think there's more to this than just trying to maximize this altitude when it's 1,550 meters, which is like not that high. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I do know what you mean, but uh, well, let's contrast that to say the women's side a little bit where, and I'm going to pull up, I got to find that, there we go. Um, the results. So the U S ski team, I'm assuming I, you know, I could probably nail it down if I look at some notes here, but I think maybe arrived in Davos either Monday night or Tuesday. No, Monday. Yeah. They arrived Monday. Okay. So Monday of last week. So they have all week to get set up, to acclimate if someone needs to acclimate, preview courses, um, and just get adjusted, right? Like you were saying. like Yeah, but also have fun. Like, I mean, right. Davos yep. is awesome in December. They had great snow this year. You get out of the darkness. It gives you a lot of energy. And, yeah, I mean, the, but the Norwegian women did the exact same. The Norwegian women also traveled in on Sunday, Sunday evening or Monday morning. Uh, there was a bit split within the team. And I mean, they weren't on fire, but Haga is 11th now instead of like back in the 20s. And also, I mean, Johug and Wang are the best gears in the world this year so far. Uh, they had great races. But uh, 
a newcomer, Magni Smedas, who's on Team Inlana, like a, a training center here yep. in Norway, at yep. eighth, eighth place. Like that was a, that's a that's a great that's a, I mean that's a career race for her. And uh, and again, the women's field is has been exciting. I know everyone's just talking over and over about how good Terezi Ohug is, but I mean, like, okay, Terezi Ohug's Usain Bolt. Sure. Like, let's just compare it to that, or like Terezi Ohug's Michael Jordan in his prime. Like, I mean, yeah, every but it, it's you can look at it two ways. Like, oh God, why are we watching the Bulls? Like Michael Jordan's just dunking on everybody. This is lame. Or you can look at it the other way and say, I'm witnessing greatness. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, but it's it is it's almost like the way the product is packaged in skiing, where like okay, she's off the front, right? Which which could be compelling viewing, but you're lacking some sort of customization in like the viewing platform. Like, no, okay, for sure. what's That's her true. heart rate this this week, or do I? Yeah, have yeah, a no, no, for sure. You know, yeah, no, totally, and and especially like I like I said, Devos. Sorry, Fist, but like Devos is just the bore and change the course, and you won't because it's Switzerland and it's so impossible to cut down a single tree. So they're never going to change the course. But uh, in Lillehammer, if you're just kind of like an armchair fan and you see someone and you don't know much about the technique or like, you know, you're not like a crazy rabid fan and you see just this little Norwegian off the front after four minutes and the race is over. It, I can I see what you're saying. It's not, I mean, there's a lot of suspense with Usain Bolt. It's 10 seconds, right? Or less. So, so something could happen. But yeah, with Therese after four minutes, like you can turn off the TV, like she's going to win. So I, I see what you're saying, but let's come back to the women's field too, because the top tens, the top ten in the men's and the women's t- this weekend in the distance. I know we're starting the distance. We'll get back to the sprint too, but but uh, what what a great mix! You got a couple Norwegians, you have two two Finns, two Americans, an Austrian, the like the, the a Czech, a young Czech girl who has ha- been having an amazing season, like Razmova Razmova. <laughs> probably butchering that but like Razmova has been so good top 10 again she's seventh Kala I mean Kala's got to be a little I don't know if she's worried but I mean 10th in a 15k skate isn't a great performance for her but but at the same time like it's a good mix in the top 10 it's exciting like you said the American women wow Swerble 21st Julia Kern Julia Kern in a distance race on the world cup 19th but she'll tell you, she'll tell you she's like an all rounder. I mean, I think she came in, I think she corrected me yesterday in our interview. I said 20th. I think she came in 19th in the skiathlon at world champs. Yeah, she was 19th. Yeah, that's great. Congrats. There's only four per nation in the skiathlon at world champs. And if you were, if you were 20, 19th in the skiathlon at world champs, you're probably like five minutes back. And today she was 154 back off Teresa. Yeah, 149. Yep. So she was actually 149. She was actually 149 off Teresa. So, I mean, it's great to, I mean, she isn't a bad distance skier, but this was a great performance by her. You know what I mean? Right. Frankowski too, 23rd. Great. Yep. 23rd and her first World Cup points. Haley yesterday scored her first World Cup points in a sprint, which was. Yeah. 1998, dude. That's like, that's, uh, she's young. There's a good future there. When you're in Davos, like I said, this weird old school course that takes a little time to figure out and some people never figure it out. You just come in born in 1998. Wow. Great performance. 
So let's piggyback on this youngster trend. Um, and we we spoke a bit a couple episodes ago about just the young roster of Swedes. And then on Saturday during the skate sprint, there's a like completely off my radar. I had to kind of go back and look and who is this? Oh, yeah. Svan is her last name. Yeah. I think she's 20 years old. She came in fourth in the World Junior Classic Sprint last year in Lati. So she's got some chops, yeah. obviously. Yeah, but she's got some chops. But I was there and I watched that race because I was working with the Canadians. And like and? Fourth, fourth in the World Junior Sprint was getting absolutely demoed. Like she was nowhere near winning that race. So to come in and win on the World Cup, I mean, look at the podium here. You got Fala in second. You have Sophie Caldwell in third. And then who comes in fourth? Stina Nielsen. And then in sixth, Sundling, right. who has been just so good. I mean, right. yeah. I mean, we talked about the Swedes a few weeks ago, and now they really showed <laughs> Davos. They really, like, it was a really what's up moment. I mean, you have, you have four Swedes in the top seven. That's that's dominance. That is absolute dominance. And to have someone new win, amazing. And what I thought was so fun, she skied that last hill like a total champ too. Oh my god, that's how you. Yeah, do I was going to ask you about that. Like, is that? Yeah, that is how you do it. But you know, I was thinking about how she just kind of took off on that last hill, oh, and, yeah. and obviously Cal- Caldwell's super bright. She's done well in Davos before. Follows Fala. I mean, to, obviously, they must have known that she's going to jump skate or try and make a move, I assume. Yeah, yeah. But everybody's on the limit, too. I mean, like, Sophie is also on the limit. Mikan's on the limit. I mean, like, I can't take anything away. I don't think she surprised anybody. She was just stronger. She was just stronger in that final. And wow, what a way to do it. Like, with authority, like you said, 20, 20 years old. I love the quote from from Mikan at the end. She's like, oh, my God, what? I thought Stina won. Like, no, no. Oh, you, really? You crushed Stina. And she's like, no, no, like, Stina won. It's like, no, <laughs> Lynn Swan won. And she's like, who's that? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, but that's but that's so fun. That is so fun. And they have such a great young team. And you have, like, the big names are behind this new new upstart. Although Devos is, that's not as special for the women because it's short, yeah, for the women, but it's not like extremely crazy. But for the men, I mean, Davos for the men in the sprint is like, you, you can't compare the results in Davos to, to a world championship course. It's 220. It takes 221. So that's crazy short for the men. But for the women, it amazed. Anyways, I just loved, I loved the race. I thought it was awesome. The Swedish women are the team to watch in sprints. And when you come out and smack Stina Nielsen and Fala around and Sophie, I mean, all on with a with a gutsy move like that on the last hill, wow, that was uh, that was exciting. The sprints in Davos are always exciting. It's tight, and and the women's sprint was definitely the highlight for me. And the men's sprint, I mean, it was Klebo and and Shavana really came down to the wire. That was fun. Shavana had a great qualifier. He's always good. In, the French are usually good in Davos, but Shavana has been very, very good in Davos every year. And Tugboat, I got to say, like Hovard Tugboat, he has he was crying at the end because he was third. That guy, man, is the nicest guy you'll ever meet. He works so hard. He got dropped off the recruit team because the Norwegians decided to move uh, the recruit team to a full women's team this year. 
he's back down on the like on a training center group here in Lillehammer. And he's been in yeah, a couple okay. finals. He's yeah, been so in a couple finals. I know, I'm sorry, I tried to cut you off, but I'm so impressed with him. I'm so impressed with him. And then to come third, he he knows he needs to podium. He knows because he's been in finals before. He's always fifth or sixth. And then you don't get to, like in Norway, fifth or sixth once in a while, like is not enough to like keep you on the World Cup. And he knows he needs that podium. And his first chance, the first chance he gets of the year on the World Cup, bang, third. Amazing. Just to kind of clarify, when you say recruit team, um, what do you mean by that? Well, Norway has, a, so the Norwegian structure is they have an all-around men's team. It's the distance team. But they call it all-around. Claybo's on it. Everson's on it. And then they have a sprint team. And then the women just have one team, the women's national team, which is humongous. But it's a mix of uh, sprinters and distance skiers. And then you have, like, in the past, it's called recruit team. Uh, and in the past, it's kind of been like a feeder team, almost like a B team. And they tried to keep it under 25 as a general rule, like a, a youth team, but uh, kind of like a bridge from the junior national team to the to the big leagues. And although in the recent years, it's kind of there's been there's been some people like Silius Lind has been on the team, uh, the recruit team, and she was like 28. So it's been a bit loose. And then this year, they just woke up and they're like, you know what? Nope, it's just going to be under 23 women. And and all the men got cut. So guys like Martin Nienga, who's who's had a great season so far, and and Hover has been cut too. Who is so good, and he's like knocking on the door to make the sprint team, but not good enough to make that sprint team. So the recruit team was a good place for him. And next thing you know, like Norway decided this, like in the off season, like no, it's just going to be a all women's team. And so all these all these top athletes got got cut and had to take a huge huge cut in pay and also just in support and everything and next thing you know they're on these Videka teams and uh, Hovard's training in the Videka team here in Lillehammer it's uh, team in Lama and uh, yeah I, I just I don't know he's the nicest guy I I tip my hat I was like wow I was uh, it was moving I was moved like it was uh, yeah, it's it was interesting just, I was kind of wondering when I saw him in tears you know he was bent over for a little bit and I thought you know stoked surprised or bummed no um, no no he's stoked he is crazy stoked and it's been hard man like you know everybody thinks that these norwegians like if you're a norwegian skier you're just a baller <laughs> like and that that is not true if you're teresa or Klebo or marit and you're winning world cups every weekend yeah you are a baller but that's because you're like the best in the world <laughs> but if you don't have to go that deep to where it's you you have great support from your team like everything's covered it's a really professional setup blah 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 but you're like you still have a house you know maybe you have a girlfriend or a wife or and you have to help with the bills and you have to pay for groceries nor is an expensive place to live and these guys like these guys and girls that are just almost there they're not making money like it's it's a struggle like it's a struggle to to pay the bills and and like you got good skiers like Hovard or like Nianga, they want to keep going. Of course they want to keep going. They're young. They're super talented. But they have to ask themselves, when you get dropped off the recruit team like that, and and the rules change with FIS, where Norway can only start six instead of eight, like they had for a number of years, it's hard to crack into that team, and you have to look yourself in the mirror and be like, is this worth the sacrifice? Like, I mean... Like what? What's the end game on this? You know what I mean. And then you make it work. You have to go out and you hustle. You hustle to like for sponsors, and you're like kind of hat in hand. 
And of course, you're lucky that you're Norwegian because Norway understands skiing and loves skiing, so you you can get sponsors locally, of course. But I mean, it's a real it's a real hustle, like for for these this next group of guys, and and uh, you know they get a salary from the national team. When you're on the national team, it's not a ton, but but you do get a salary, so that takes a or like a stipend or whatever you want to call it. I mean, we can call it what we want, but it, it can pay for at least like your mortgage. Let's say. <laughs> it's paying your mortgage, although like like not if you buy a mansion. But I mean, it, it, so so when that gets pulled, it's like you know your World Cup opportunities are going down when you're not in the national team program, and then you know that your stipend is gone, and then this all happens in like April, <laughs> and it's tough. It's tough to like try and like hustle. Like, uh, can I do this? And then, so that's that's where the emotion came from for from Hovard uh, in the sprint. So it was great. It was it was really moving. I, seriously, I was I'm so pumped for him. It was great. Okay, so speaking of a little bit of obscurity, way back in eighth place, uh, Federico Pellegrino from Italy, who is you know oftentimes a lock in a skate sprint uh, for a win or a podium. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah, tough day at the office. Tough day at the office for Pellegrino, and that that's really too bad. I mean, he's uh, like you said, he's like other than Claybo. If you took Claybo away, he is the the best skate sprinter of of this generation. And he's fun. Um, so yeah, no, I was I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, for sure, it's fun. And and having some Central Europeans up there mixing it up like that's important for the sport. And and Italy has a really rich cross country ski history, and Pellegrino was just was advancing that year after year after year and he'll be back. I mean, God, he, he just had an off day. Who knows what happened? Sure. I mean, I don't know. You probably talked with Jesse, but Jesse was saying that she got sick after, after Lillehammer. And then next thing you know, <laughs> she crushes another race at like middle altitude or whatever for a podium. So, I mean, you never know. Maybe, maybe Pellegrino wasn't feeling good. I have no idea. I haven't talked with him or I haven't heard anything, but I agree with you. That was, that was very surprising to see him. So down, uh, down there on the list. And uh, giving a little bit of love to Simi Hamilton, uh, sixth yeah, place, oh. got into, yeah. you know, was lucky loser, I think, um, progressing through the heats and uh, made it in. And, and, and uh, you know, that's a proud, solid result. Oh, God. Yeah. Super solid. And, and you know, he's been balloted, battling some injuries as well. And then you have injuries and then you start losing like a bit of belief. And then, like, man, it's a lonely place to be traveling the World Cup and getting the floor wiped with you every week. It is. It's not that fun. I've been there. <laughs> like, it's it's tough. It's tough. And, you know, you. but again, Davos has been kind to Simi in the past. It's a good venue, a really short skate sprint. Altitude's nothing for a guy that grew up in Aspen. You have to have, be good on your feet, good through the corners. Simi is that. That was great. It was... Uh, it was also great for the American team in general. I mean, you know, Bolger too qualifying in 30th. I felt bad for Logan, but I mean, he also was 30th, but sorry, buddy, only 30 guys get to start up 31. So they tied there for that 30th place, but it was uh, Kevin that got the nod to move into the heats. And, uh, but so that was good. I think it was, uh, yeah, it was, it's really fun. I, I look, I mean, anytime there's a skate sprint, you, you do have to count Simi as, as someone to watch for sure. So it was, uh, like you said, great, great performance from him. And I hope he takes a lot of confidence through the season with it. It was awesome. And, um, not to leave out your people with the maple leaf. No, right? I think so it was they, good. I think it was, yeah, good. I thought it was great. Right? I think, I think they did great. I think Daria qualifying. And of course, like if you qualify 30th, like you're, 
<laughs> you're living dangerously. It's not that big a difference between 30th and 31st or 33rd or also 27th. Better to qualify in the top 20. But still, she made it in and how she raced the heat. She was a little too, maybe a little too antsy in her pantsy for that first lap, you know, like uh, she was, but at the same time, why not try? And I really tip my hat for that. And she beat it. She beat someone in her heat. So she wasn't last in her heat. And she was skiing well. She looks fit. It was, uh, like, with her technique and everything. She's skiing well. Like, I was impressed. And then t and then today, 35th and 36th in the, fifth, in the 10K, it's not awful. Like, this, these are awful results. And this is Canada has no budget and is going through a, a real transition. They have to pick their races. They can't just go week in, week out like we've done for the last two decades. Um, and now they really have to, like, pick and choose and I, I thought the girls like Emily skied well is it amazing no it's not amazing would she want more probably but it's a solid it's a solid first world cup of the season right like 35th for your first world cup of the season isn't something that we're going to cry into our into our cornflakes about you know what I mean right. it's yeah it's solid yeah. and then Rossi you know what <laughs> Rossi had <laughs> bad preparation for this race he was here in Lillehammer racing yeah he was that's right Racing the Paranordic World Cup here and then jumped on a plane and came over there and quite frankly, like against the big boys, like, yeah, sorry, Russ, but that's not going to work. And it didn't. So, but he didn't ski that horribly either. I didn't think to ski into the 40s isn't, isn't, isn't awful. But we saw in Konya last year that on a great day, Russ can make the semifinal and in skate sprints, a short skate sprint. He's a bit of a guy like Simi too. He's really good on his feet. Um, Altitude. He grew up in Truckee, so it would, it would have been a great, uh, yeah, it would have been a great, a great opportunity. But you know, there'll be more for us. There, there will be. So right, I'm not worried. Right. So athletes are heading into at least distance athletes or distance oriented athletes are done for period one uh, until I think December 28th when the Tour de Ski starts. And next week is a dual sprint weekend with a team sprint and uh an individual sprint the following day in slovenia yeah what is this time of year normally like for for athletes yeah i mean the guys the guys that are focusing on the tour are going to go home they're going to rest a little bit and then they're going to train and prepare for the tour to ski which is the smart decision and that's exciting and honestly planica what a great place to race beautiful um and it'll be great for the sprinters to have a crack at it before a short break for the sprinters that will head to the tour and do a couple of the sprint stages there. So I think, uh, what does it look like? I mean, that's exactly what it looks like. They'll, they'll get home, take a couple easy days, uh, let their bodies bounce back from these weeks of racing. Cause you know, even though there's been three weeks of world cup racing that, you know, there's tune ups before that too. So it's good to have a little bit of a reset this time of year and then build up towards the tour to ski, which is one of the crown jewels of this season when there's no championship. And um, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see if people like Kala can find form. Um, like I said, like Ragnild, like Haga, I thought it was a, like 11th uh, was a great day today. So it'd be fun to see if she she comes back. I mean, the Americans are just running on all cylinders. So there's nothing, there's nothing to, <laughs> that I could see them not continuing this run of great form. Um, so no, but that's that's really what it's about, and I think it's kind of cool that they have a sprint weekend now that uh, the, sh the focus can shift and the pure sprinters can get a get a crack at like an actual weekend of for them. And um, yeah, so it's I think it's a pretty good it's a pretty good run into the tour de ski, and then no one has a, or anyone doing the tour de, tour de ski sadly doesn't have a 
much of a Christmas break because um, you got to travel down to Linsahida a few days before the races. But uh, so that might be nice for them too to be back with their families or or friends just for a few days and like maybe have uh, a glass of red wine or, or something before before going back into your little rabbit hole and preparing for the tour. Here's I got two more. What one question that might warrant a, a lengthier response, and another one just from a reader. When you were waxing with the Norwegians. Um, I'm not uh, waxing, by the way. Yeah, testing. I'm not waxing. Testing Thank work. God. Like, they would not be, they would not have like, what did I say? 11 guys in the top 20. They wouldn't be 11 guys in the top 20 if Devin Kershaw was waxing their skis. Let's get that. Let's make that clear. <laughs> you were testing skis. So did you, um, you speaking in English or Norwegian? No, Norwegian. Yeah. Really? Norwegian. Yeah. It's that much. Yeah. Okay. I think a couple of years ago you were like, yeah, man, it's English in the household. It's now maybe yeah. Norwegian. No, no, no. In my house, I mean, I only speak English to my daughter and um, Kristen and I, I'm kind of embarrassed to say, but we speak English together a lot. But that's actually kind of important for me because my wife only speaks Norwegian to my daughter and I speak only English to her. Cool. And she's living her whole li- and she's living her whole life in Norwegian, right? So when we're both, when all three of us are awake, I, I think it's nice that we can speak English. So she's not just hearing English from me, even though when, even though when my wife talks to our daughter uh, directly it's in Norwegian but if we're around the dinner table and Chris and I are talking that that us Isabel can can hear some English that's important okay. to me. so for, for us for us not just me it's important for my wife too it's that yeah, that's what we're trying to do Okay. And the other thing is, is that earlier in the week, uh, Frida Carlson was pulled by the Swedish team for, you know, health reasons. And we're making the assumption, and maybe this is a bad assumption that, you know, it's some sort of indices having to do with either bone density or... Yeah, it's not, it's, but it's other. not, it, it's not, that's not, uh, that's not an unreasonable, that's what's happened. And they had a press release because of it. So it is, it's, it's, it's a, she's failed the Swedish or failed. I hate that word. God, she's under the acceptable yeah. limit to start um, by the Swedish health, uh, the health team. And that, that handles on that handles mostly on bone density. If we're being honest. Okay. That, right. yeah. Cause it wasn't so, like super black and white, but I'm making no, some no. assumptions there. No, no, no. It, it is like the bone density thing is like, that's, that's real. And of course, like for people that don't have any experience with the DEXA scan or, body composition and that sort of thing and blood like hormonal like blood tests and stuff like that it it wouldn't be like you wake up one day and it's like oh my god like all the alarms are going and you have to go to the hospital like these these people are top 10 in the world cup or winning medals in the world cup like they are healthy enough to really deliver it's a trend these health teams are looking at trends and if you're trending in the wrong direction that's when they make decisions like this do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, but, so, so I think it's cool. I think it's amazing. I mean, the, like uh, the, the fact that Sweden and Norway now have the two of the three best skiers in the world aren't competing because right. they're trending in a in a level that could be dangerous to their long term health. Could be. We don't know. You know, if, how am I supposed to know? I'm sitting here in the Hummer. Like, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so, um, and I'm sure as hell not their doctor. So. But at the same time, pretty impressive by the health teams of Sweden and Norway to to put the health of the athletes above performance. And I think a lot of teams around the world could um, take a good lesson in that and, and just, I, I think it's a really professional way to do it. 
you know, the, the debate that's been going on in the States recently talking about like mandatory weigh-ins for athletes and, you know, what does that mean and, and how is that interpreted and how does that affect women and men? And, you know, just bringing it right back to the World Cup, um, what does this say about the pressure on, and in this case, it's two women, but the pressure on women to meet some sort of perceived minimum for them. Like, oh, I race better when I'm, I weigh this much. Yeah. So like, what, what does that say about all yeah. the pressure? Yeah. And I mean, and that's hard. That's hard. I mean, like mandatory weigh-ins, I've never, I've never heard of that ever in, in, in skiing. Well, yeah, they're talking about it here in, yeah, they're talking about it here in running now. Oh, okay. Right, right. But so in skiing, luckily, at least in my experience, I've, I've never heard of a team having to have mandatory weigh-ins. I know you're alluding to like the whole Salazar disaster, but, but, uh, but, uh, in skiing, I've never, I've never heard anything like that, but, um, you know what I mean? At, at the end of the day, people's long-term health has to be, has to be taken into consideration because that's really what matters. Like it's nice to win races and it, it's cool and you're pumped and, it's fun, but, uh, you know, it's also fun to watch your grandkids, your grandkids grow up. So, um, and run around with them in the woods. So, I mean, I think it's really impressive that you have health teams that are taking it seriously. And, you know, I think there's a lot of misinformation around, around all this. Like everybody jumps to like, oh my God, they have eating disorders. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Like, how do you know that? You don't know that. But what you do know is there's a trend, physiological trends, that very bright people and a team of medical professionals are monitoring, and it's going in the wrong direction. So I think it's I think it's it should be applauded with what they're doing, and you know it's the same for the men, it's the same for the women, and if you're trending in a in a in a challenging direction to have a team behind you that 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 can have your best interest look out for your best interest your best long-term interest um helping you write that trend is uh, is nothing but positive as far as i'm concerned but it is but uh, so that just totally danced around your question but i mean cross-country skiing you're lucky you're lucky in cross-country skiing there's a lot of different body types that can win there's a lot of different weights that can win uh, you have light guys that that uh, light athletes like Shirdoff as a 30k world champion from last year. He's a small guy, short, um, very very like lean and small. Uh, but Petter Nortug has a lot of wins in 30k skiathlons as well, and he is anything but that. Um, Emma Leverson, for example, now is having just a fantastic start to the season, and he's like he's a big guy, he's strong. He's strong. He's tall and has a lot of power and he can win as well and, and skiing is a really cool sport that way you don't have to you don't have to fit into some box uh like some other sports for example like i mean you can say what you want for distance running but i mean you don't see emil everson running you know 12 45 and a 5000 on the track you just that just doesn't happen <laughs> so so and like that's how it is but in skiing there's a lot of different ways to get to the top and i think it's, i think it's really cool that way not not that running's not cool i love running too but it'd be cool i hope i just hope that some smaller teams or some other teams are taking notice of like how impressive it is that a that a national team is is monitoring athletes to this level and like not giving a damn 
that you are the best skier in the world or one of the best skiers in the world. It's significant for sure. Like that, that's, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> like it, it's, it's awesome. Like crazy in a good way. I think it's like, wow, that's sending the right message to the, to the next generation. Honestly, I think it is. Okay. Well, thanks. I think we're good. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Bye. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening. And you can subscribe to the Devin Kershaw show on iTunes and Google play. We'll be releasing a midweek episode exploring the announcement last week from WADA that Russia will be banned from any major international competitions like the Olympics and World Championships for the next four years. And if you have any questions for Devin, you can send it to info at fasterskeeter.com or devin at fasterskeeter.com. Thanks. Yeah.